Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Luke Charles, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today and for another opportunity to learn about you, Lord. And I just ask that you will move in this place, Lord, and minister to each of us, Lord, and that you will show us the things that you have for us, each and unique and different person, Lord. And I ask that you will have your way in our Bible study this morning, Lord, and that you will guard us with your peace, Lord, and keep our minds focused upon you, God, so we don't miss what it is that you have for us, Lord. And I just thank you for your goodness and for everything you've been doing and for the blessings you've been pouring out on us, Lord, that we don't deserve, yet you give to us still. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. Amen. Well, all right. So we're continuing our study in First Peter. We're in chapter 4, and we're beginning in verse 12. So can I get a volunteer to read from verse 12 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, sir. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory... Uh, where are you? Chapter 4, verse 12. I thought, we were, I thought we were ready read No, 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 sir. Chapter 4. Chapter 4. Verse 12. Through the end of the chapter. In First Peter. Oh. You stay. Okay. So read it, sir. Beloved, do not think in strength and... Su- do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing hap- happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of, sorry, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of the glory of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if someone suffers as Christ as Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him, and doing good as a faithful creed, as to a faithful creed. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'll open it up to you guys first to share what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you and to, if you have any questions, to ask them. All right? Okay. Who would like to begin? I will. Okay, Layla? Um, as we were talking 
just between um, devotionals, we were talking about various trials, and it's one thing when you're suffering for Christ, and it's another when you are when you have to go through the process of um, being made new again, like you know, washed in Jesus' blood for something for a sin that you've committed. There's a difference. It yes, repenting from sin is a process, and it's not always fun, and not everybody enjoys it. I know I don't. But and it's important that when we are going through a trial for Christ's sake that we don't despise it and become hateful of it there are some people that do and it's sad but don't let your eyes become focused on the natural that's how many of us fall short and fall away because we go oh lord you're putting us through this trial I don't want to do this anymore why do you got to put me here why can't I have why can't I do these things and it's important that we remember that he's still God. This is for his glory. So if, if if you're going through this trial, don't become discouraged about it. Now, no punishment is pleasant for the time, but painful. But it, but those who are trained by it, the fruit of righteousness is produced. Oh. It's a chastening moment. It's a learning moment. It's a moment for you to grow and show God that you trust him. Exercise your faith and go, okay, God. I know you've got this, and I'm, I'm going to fall back on you and not try to do it in my own strength. Because when we do, we end up messing up, and now we have to go around the mulberry bush with the monkey chasing the weasel, trying to get back to God. And it doesn't have to be that way. All we need to do is trust him, put your hand in his, and walk with him. And keep your eyes on him. Don't be deceived by what your natural eyes see because they miss the reality of what's going on. Okay. Anyone else? Um, I found it interesting where I was listing the things that you're not supposed to suffer for and there's no honor and glory inside of it, such as being a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. I found that interesting that there's nothing to be gained by being a busy buyer. I just find that interesting because most people think that by looking and pointing out stuff that's wrong in other people's lives, they're helping your brother repent and come back to Christ. But in a way, it actually discourages them. They need a time to come and repent to the Lord themselves. There's not always going to be somebody else saying, do this, do that. But they have to come into a relationship that them and the Lord bond, not saying, not having a medium saying, okay, you two come back together, but going there willingly. Because there, you get nothing out of being forced into a relationship. It's just that. It's forced. There's no substance to it. But you have to be willing to go and make peace with your brother and to come back to Christ. And I also just found it interesting because it reminded me of the thief that died on the cross. While Paul is saying that Sometimes you, people can have done that priest and then they come to Christ, but there's no honor being punished for that. But there's a difference between, okay, I know I've done wrong and I'm going to take the consequences of my action because it is not fair that I expect someone else to bear this when I'm the one who didn't. Because that's many times how people look at it. You bear the punishment, but when you do something right, I get the blessing. <laughs> Okay. I think we've all done that before. We all have had that <laughs> mindset once in our lives. Which mindset's that, sir? 
you get all the punishment, I get the blessings. <laughs> so, in other words, we we don't want to receive any any of the negative stuff that comes as a result of our actions. Yes. Yeah, that that is part of human nature, right? I just want blessing after blessing. Or we listen to the enemy who wants us to believe exactly. that we don't have to suffer for it, and we're going to get a blessing, or we're going to receive something that we want um, as we move forward in that sin. Yes. And in so doing, commit other sins to try to avoid just reaping the, the consequences for the initial action, right? Thus prolonging it, right? What's what's the, the saying? Sin takes you what? Further than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay. There you go. And costs more than you thought. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, there is a cost on, on a number of different levels. Spiritually, financially, I mean, uh, the list goes on. Uh, that's why Leviticus um, 29 or 26 and, and Deuteronomy 28 are so complicated or, or long, extensive, right? Especially Deuteronomy 28. There's over 50 verses to describe what happens as a result of sin. Why? Because it's complicated. It's not straightforward, right? Where the blessings and benefits of obedience and being in fellowship and harmony and communion, abiding in the Lord, are just straightforward. Be obedient. Here's blessing upon blessing, and all the the short version is everything your hand touches prospers. The Lord causes you to be blessed. To succeed and triumph, not just mm-hmm. barely scrape through. To succeed, exactly. So, what's better? Whereas, the Charles, you were pointing out various actions, right? Yes. Which are, are definitely negative. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, also writes to Timothy when he had appointed him to be a pastor or lead a church, right? And he's talking about evil in the last days. Um, he says, I understand in the last days terrible times will come. And then why? He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, Without love, just without love. <laughs> we'll just leave it there, right? I mean, and that's echoed throughout, right? Philippians and the same things. For all the others look after their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. Now, I like how it was pointed out. I, I enjoy this about how the Holy Spirit ministered to you guys, where even in how we approach and address other brothers and sisters of the faith, it's not just to point out flaws, right? What did, you, what did Jesus say? Remove the log from your own eye before you remove the speck from someone else's, right? We should be constantly examining ourselves to make sure we are in perfect harmony, union, agreement, alignment with the Lord, right? Yes. And, and then the things that are not, bringing them underneath his blood and repenting of those actions. Yeah? Yes. Okay. But again, it's not to chastise people. Because why? It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. But again, 
when we approach our brother, it, it should be A, done with love, but also because that's how the Lord is leading. Right? Yes. And, and I say that because what does the Lord do? What's his process? Goes to the person first. They don't listen. He brings the Holy Spirit to be your friend. So, uh, repeat that again. Oh, he goes to the person first and talks to them about it. And if they don't listen, he brings the Holy Spirit. That would be your friend well, in that, the natural. That's how he does it initially. Right? He, he ministers through his Holy Spirit right. to to the individual. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the individual, you, me, whoever, right, doesn't listen, then what? He brings a friend, somebody else to come and go, okay, hey man, hey, whoever, this mm-hmm. isn't right, you need to fix this in a loving manner. And if you still don't listen, it's brought before the Lord so that he can deal with it and take care of it. Because mm-hmm. that's that's very important. I know from experience that I don't really like discipline. And for a time I hated it. Well, no one enjoys honest. discipline. I hated it, and I was like, what's the point of this? But as I get older, I see the benefit of having someone to correct me, because if those errors were allowed to, as Dad, you like to say, grow roots roots and become super weeds, I'd be in a lot worse position in a lot different different place than I am today, and just look back and go, God, wow, look at you, and look at what you've done. We don't see the meaning of it as we're young and we got those blinders on and we choose not to see it but then as you get older you look back and go god look at how you delivered me even though i i didn't notice it i didn't realize it i Mm -hmm. was too busy thinking i knew everything and i was oh so smart and i missed it well we only have so much understanding uh, right the whole point is to grow to mature and in so doing right in maturing more wisdom knowledge and understanding can be given right like we we know okay we have to clean but all the reasons why right at a young age we don't comprehend those things we just know i don't only cleaning right yes i was i think we can all understand that like i know i did it (laughs) and you know my mother to her credit she had a, a nickname of being the white tornado i don't care how much i scrub something or anyone else scrubbed anything i she would walk in there and she could still pull dirt off of it <laughs> like it uh, doesn't matter how much blood sweat tears whatever you spent chemicals you it didn't matter like she would still find dirt so um yeah it, it is what it is so i i dislike cleaning uh, i did <laughs> absolutely i didn't understand the the benefit and and the blessing that that we receive as a result of taking the time and effort to ensure our the 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 items, the equipment, the whatever it is, our home, um, that, that we are still able to receive those, even from those blessings and benefits, as a result of just maintaining or doing our part in cleaning and make sure it is in good working order. Yes. That how, the, how the life of each of those things are, are increased and can be used for, uh, I mean, some of these things can be passed down for generations. This is a result of us doing our part and that's just a small thing never mind all the other stuff and and by stuff i mean lessons and and knowledge and wisdom that's that's passed down all right um, we understand we have to pay bills right but all yes. the reasons why and we don't realize the the full weight 
and benefit of those things until we reach various levels. And even then, well, okay, so you grow and now you're whatever. You went from five to ten, you know that money money's needed and you have to exchange it to get stuff. Okay, but then, um, again, knowledge will increase. So I'd say just example when you hit ten, right? Your understanding and concept of money as more lessons and are taught and poured into you and, and all those things, it changes. So now you're able to understand and comprehend more and it just keeps growing and developing. And now, uh, especially when you reach a point of now you're responsible, it changes everything, right? Is, is different even in, in, we'll take another example of school. Okay, you first learn how to apply the concepts, the formulas, the whatever it is. But does it not change when now you have to teach someone else? When you're responsible for all the information and communicating that information in such a way where everyone else is able to listen and comprehend mm. the yes. information. And, and then beyond that, now apply it to their lives. How much more so in Christ? So, you know, we have to be wary of, of things, but then also come into this, this knowledge and understanding. And uh, I love how Peter essentially is, is communicating that same thing right from the get-go in verse 12. Right? In other words, what he's saying is we should have an understanding of trials and where they're coming from. And we, we spoke about this previously, where where are they coming from? Are these trials that come as a result of uh, our own actions and deeds, and we're just reaping the fruit of that, whether it's good or bad? Uh, if it's trials, it's probably bad, right? Um, our own disobedience, our own behaviors, human nature. Are these trials and struggles that are excuse me, as the word describes, common to man. In other words, everyone just experiences these things because of the sin in the world. Or are these trials and struggles, and this is where he, in verse 13, begins to really differentiate the trials, right? Are, these tri are the trials and challenges coming as a result of your steadfastness, faithfulness, your walk and your relationship in the Lord? And by just seeking to to do His will, that is your heart's desire, where we receive persecution or rejection or whatever the case is. What is the, the source of these things, right? And, and I think Paul asked that same question. What are the source of, of all these, of these trials, of these challenges? And then Paul states, are they not because of your own quarrels and your own lusts and your own, right? So... We have to understand where this comes from, right? Yes. And uh, so, as I look at this, is what I see is Peter is saying, "Hey, let's let's discern this. Let, let's have some discernment here." Which again, all that comes from the Holy Spirit as well. To to understand what's the cause and of of the trial, so then we can rightly apply. We know what to do, right? Is it just something that um, this is part of the world? right the, the sin that's in the world and yes i can seek my heavenly father and and i know he's got it and he can take care of it and he can take care of all things regardless of where it is is this something that i've brought upon myself with my own actions and if so again go to your heavenly father let's let's bring that to him lay it down on right. his feet bring it under the blood 
uproot that thing from our life, in other words, deal with it and replace it with him and his truth? Or is this thing happening as a result of our relationship with Christ? And then throughout the rest of this, this section, these few verses, he's, he provides encouragement, especially for those that are in challenges and trials and struggles as a result uh, or having experiences similar to what Christ experienced, right? Mm -hmm. Persecution or rejection as a result of doing the will of the Father. And it, clearly, Christ is our pattern example. Uh, Peter is, is trying to encourage us in that. I count it all joy when you experience these things, right? Yes. Isn't that what, the, what happened with the first church? They would be beaten or whipped or whatever the case was. And then they would still run <laughs> to the, the whoever's home, right, and, and join in prayer and, and you know, uh, I'll say submit themselves to the apostles' teaching. And what? They counted it all joy because they shared the same marks of Christ, being whipped and, and all of that. They, they rejoiced in it. And I, I think that's a, it's an incredible place, a mindset to to have and to be, but it's one we all should, should work at getting to. One to be able to discern, and then two, to rejoice when we experience the, our, I'll say our share in, in the sufferings of Christ, knowing that the trial we've received is, is uh, as a result of doing the will of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? have anything they want to share on that yes Kyla? i kind of wanted to talk about verse 12 beloved okay. do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you like you mentioned dad it's important to understand where these trials are coming from especially i oftentimes like in our society today you hear about people taking pleasure in physical sickness and that's something the Lord has to remind me. Kyla, not everybody thinks that way. And Which way is that? Uh, that, why should I be sick? I don't want to be sick. Not at all. And to cast out in the name of Jesus. But not everybody thinks that way. And that's something they have to learn. But what the Lord told me was, if I choose to be sick, that means I'm not believing in what God did to me, for me, on mm -hmm. the cross. Because he said he took our infirmities on the cross and I'm calling God a liar by not saying that like confessing like I'm healed in Jesus's name like even if I let's say I get really really tired and I get I might get a slight fever or I was working with gravel and I got a sore throat I had the dust in my throat so yeah. I got like a, I had a fever because I had dust build up like a small infection in my throat I'm like nope and it, within the same day, it's cleared up. I'm fine as can be, perfectly well. You would never have known. But not everybody thinks that. But you have to train your mind to understand that God has already offered you this. And God doesn't find any pleasure or he's not glorified in you saying, Well, I'm sick today, Sally. Oh, woe is me. Glory to God. I have cancer or whatever else. No, I don't have cancer, but people say that. There's no glory in God in that. And I imagine God just palming his face like, <sighs> <laughs> well, frustration. 
Yes. Right, and and how long must I bear with you? Like before you understand this and get this. Yes, as you were saying. Like yes. And we were talked about this um, over the weekend with uh, Isaiah fifty three, mm-hmm. right? And it says, "By his stripes we were healed." Some versions say it, "By his bruises." But ultimately, it it comes down to, and if you look in the text, it says, "And in fellowship with him, we were healed." That's past tense. So what's as you were you were pointing out about testimonies? Like the Lord isn't glorified or honored in in our sickness. Of course not. Or he came to take that away. So what's a greater testimony? You say Someone I'm healed in Jesus' never name. Never get sick because they just continue to walk in faith in what the Lord is there or someone that experiences sickness constantly. I've never been sick. Uh, I, I would argue it's the first. Now, don't get me wrong. The Lord is glorified in, in healing as, as well. He I is. mean, look at what happened with the with the blind man and all those other things, right? There are some people that are, that, that, it's just how they were born or whatever the case is, right? And, and of course, in the word, it's, it describes uh, some that are sick as a result of sin, and, right? And there's, yes, there's a lot of different... Yes, choose not to stay that way. There you go. The the blind man did not want to be blind, right? He Where is. some people's... It, well, I'll say it in this way. There's the power of confession. And, and Dean, I know we've, we've had this discussion a lot. You know, we sometimes prophesy negatively over ourselves. And... You know, just as a society of, of how we're feeling or whatever the case is, and it's not that we can't acknowledge those things, but do we remain there, or do we just say, do we? I'll say, correct ourselves, uh, bring it back in, into alignment with the Lord, and say, hey, no, Lord, uh, you've given me everything I need. You know, not I'm tired or, or um, I'm achy or sore, right? Whatever it is, the Lord, the Lord has it. He already, uh, by His stripes or bruises, right? We or in fellowship with Him, we were healed. This is past tense. It's important for us to get this because uh, what happened when we talked about confession, right? And we're still discussing mm-hmm. it. What happened with the children in the wilderness? They said God brought them out there to kill them. And that wasn't true at all. Yep. That was their they confession were, constantly were. in spite of all the things the Lord did to prove he was protecting them, washing over for them, supplying food and, and water and all the rest of it. Their confession was still, oh, they brought that the Lord brought them out there f- to die or Moses Right, so the Lord's servant brought them out in the wilderness to for them to die, and they just came to got to a point where what happened? They, they reaped what they sowed. Yes. Their confession was made manifest, and they did not enter into the promised land. So we we have to be wary or careful about that as well. Yes, and that brings me to my next point. We talk all this all these times about trials and how they're learning curves and at times depending on it whether it's a consequence for your action that's not a trial you have to own up for what you did but there's times that God is refining us just like gold has to be heated to such high temperatures so it's pure likewise we have to be refined but I want to take you to Ephesians 6 mm-hmm. chapter Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through we'll just finish at 20 put on the whole armor of god he doesn't subject you god doesn't subject you to a trial trial or test you or refine you is a better word not a trial he doesn't refine you 
without first preparing you. He has given you the armor to put on. That's your choice to take it up and put it on. He wants you to withstand. That's the whole purpose. Nobody heats gold for it to all burn up and no longer be gold. It's a rock. They heat it with the intent that it will be purified at the end. And so likewise, as believers, we should take our refinement in stride knowing full well what God has already said and standing on what he said, but also ready to fight for what God has spoken to us and concerning us, not succumbing to what the devil's trying to do or the little seeds he's trying to plant. You're supposed to take up your entire armor. Let's go ahead and read this. because. Well, Kyla, if you would, what is the last piece of armor that's offered in that section? Oh. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Which you continue us a little further there. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Yeah, so prayer, I think, is one of those weapons. I think it's the filter that all the other weapons work under. Yes. And I think that one has to come into place first because sometimes we do fight. But sometimes we let the Lord fight for us, but we don't know if we don't bring that into prayer first. You know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he is an angel of light, and he deceives a lot of people. That's why people are in their trials, and they embrace their trial rather than moving through it because the enemy has confused them that this trial is a good thing for them to remain in. Yes. And they turn it, they become a Pharisee, and it look at me, look at the trial I'm going through. They gain significance from that, and they're deceived. But we have to look at that area of prayer first for ourselves. You know, God, what is the sin in me? All right, let me confess the sin in me. If it's unknown to me, Lord, reveal it to me so that I may re- not just know of it, but I may repent of it. Because that may be the beginning of what we're going through, right? And, yes. and maybe we just missed the lesson. And we're going, through the, we're going through a trial, continuous trial, because we're missing the lesson that God's trying to reveal to us to help mm-hmm. us grow. Again, in prayer... That's what that's going to happen. That's got to be that filter always in that. As we look at others, how we evaluate what they're going through and through ourselves, got to be there first. So yes. I just wanted to, I'm sure you meant that. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, in, in, in Christendom, as it were, we, we think that everybody's thinking the same way we are. So I'm not suggesting that you would ever suggest that. But really wanted to put that filter in for all that you're bringing because what you're bringing yes. is really important. But it Absolutely. can't be without prayer. Yes. I agree, Mr. Dean. And... Um, for those of you that don't know, I recently took on the position of being the social media manager for a day of prayer. Mm-hmm. And something the Lord was teaching me as I was going to make posts on Instagram for each of our shirts, and he was giving me lessons, what was the lesson in this shirt, because he told a day of prayer to teach the Word of God through our clothing. And something he told me, we have this really cute bag of put on the whole armor of God, inspired by this chapter but what the Lord told me was the truth. Like everything else, you can put on the entire armor of God. But if you don't have the truth, the foundational principle mm-hmm. of who God is, your armor is in- ineffective. You can pray all day. But if you don't know what you're praying for and what you're praying against, your prayers will be ineffective. Absolutely. So that's why um, Scripture tells us, right, the fervent, effective prayer of the righteous man avails much or woman right but the righteous yes. avails much what does paul say i don't 
buffet my flesh or run the race right in uh, I'll paraphrase and say a haphazard manner right haphazard manner it's done with purpose and drive right he doesn't he says I don't box or shadow box mm-hmm. right just randomly but it's with purpose when if you look at any any fighter or any fight right it's not just wildly flailing about it's precision and accuracy right for anything whether fighting shooting archery or whatever whatever way you want to example you want to insert in there it has to be on the mark right well we'll take fighting because it's what armor is for whether it's in combat or whatever the case is right I can't effectively fight the enemy if my back is to them right and especially in boxing or UFC or or something to that effect Mm -hmm. right Um, they say don't expose your back how can you effectively fight if that's if that's the case now yes we have the entire armor but we should be uh, I'll say calculated efficient and effective in how we approach spiritual warfare right like any planning whatsoever has to be done prior to carrying out an attack or or waging war right battle plans are are in place or drawn up or whatever the case is right there's a there's always a plan right yes and and yes the plan may change right that's a um it's a quote everyone has a plan until (laughs) someone gets punched in the mouth right (coughs) it's a quote from from an individual all right but but the the ordeal is there's still a plan right now we are supposed to bring our plans plans before the lord and that's why i brought that that quote up right is because David had plans, but what did he do about them? Right? The Lord. He prayed over them. Lord, he, he, right, as we're told to do, bring our plans before the Lord. Lord, uh, do I just go up there and attack them? And then the first time, the Lord said yes. And the second time, he said no, no, go up to this point, and you're going to wait. You're going you're gonna to spread out, and this is what's going to happen. And then you're going to hear this sound, and when you hear that sound, uh, the footsteps in the, in the treetops, mm-hmm. that's when you attack, which is a very different plan then he was originally he was just going to to reenact or enact the same plan that he was going he did the first time and found success in but the lord said no do things this way if you want to achieve success we have to you know, david had to do things the lord's way and as do we we have to wage very calculated warfare and now whose calculations whose knowledge whose counsel is better than the lord's no ones. No ones. So if we want to achieve success, especially the God kind of results in success, then we have to do it his way. So enough of that. Continue, please, with what you were <laughs> you were going to say and read in that um, that section. Oh, with that we were also talking about like what you were saying, Mr. Dean, like the inner workings of the <coughs> army of God and how the truth of God and also prayer are your two key components you can't pray without first having the knowledge of who god is and Mm -hmm. the truth is and you can't put on this armor and stand on your prayers and what god has said if you don't have the core principle and foundation of what god is and you learn that as a new believer when you come into christ you begin to learn who god is and what his word has said 
concerning you and all these promises and weapons he has given you to fight the good fight. Mm-hmm. And then after the God has cultivated that in you, then he tells you, he gives you the armor, he protects you mm-hmm. while you're in that phase. But then he gives you the stuff and puts the armor, the sword in your hand and said, stand up and fight. Okay. Um, but, but, and let's, let's look at that real quick since you brought up the sword. What is the sword? Mm. What is the sword of the spirit? The word of God. It the is. word of God. Okay. Well, let's also look at something because in a sense that we need to address this. Because there, there, for, uh, there was definitely a period of time where it was stated um, or classified, if you will, as a, the name it, claim it. So if I just find all the scriptures on this topic and I claim them, I stand on them, then I will have what I need or want, right? And it's the word of God. It is. But and I bring this up because of something you, you stated, and, and, and I think this is important for all of us um, to understand, that we cannot twist or manipulate scripture to suit our purpose. Yes, it's like Layla's favorite scripture. Which is that? You ask a miss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's go back, right? What, even Jesus, when tested, what happened? The devil used scripture. He did. It was incorrectly applied. Right? It was a twisting and a manipulation. It's still the word of God. But Jesus countered with scripture. Mm-hmm. Countered and conquered the trial each one with scripture no i understand what you're saying but this is what it says here it is written and then he stated the actual word of god which is himself right yeah so there that is how we effectively wage war is again as you pointed out and and have been poured into right and taught this what did the lord say concerning you or the situation that is, is his spoken word as well as his written word. It's the Lord. He's not going to contradict himself. If it is truly the Lord, there's not going to be a contradiction. It will corroborate and align, and you can stand on it. Exactly. We can go all the way back to Moses, who Moses was given the first five books of the Bible. All the people prior to Moses that followed the Lord what did they stand on if they didn't have the written word? The spoken word of God. God the spoken word of God to them directly. We can't exclude one over the other. And they work together. Spoken and written word. And we can stand on them for our lives. It's important. All right, Job, and we talk about trials. Job had to stand. All right, Job is considered to be the first book of the Bible as what historians and scholars mm-hmm. claim, is that Job was the first book written in the Bible. Okay. Well, he didn't have Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and, and all those things to reference. But I'm sure the Lord taught him. And why? Because it looks the same. You see the fruit played out in Job's life. And yes, Job experienced immense trials and sufferings. 
but it was for the Lord. And even in that, he still stood, right? Yes. That's That's why his friends implored him to The thing that, and, and I'll paraphrase, one of his friends said, the thing that you encouraged others to do so often, to stand, now you have to do it. Which is a an example for all of us and a lesson for all of us. We're all required to stand. Yes, I can stand in the gap for you, but I can't stand for you. You have to stand for you in the Lord. I have to stand for me in the Lord. And standing and waging war must be done in a certain way. And that way is the Lord's way, which is both efficient and effective. So, please continue. Okay. Well, can you read that section of scripture for me? You want James, correct? No, I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, please. Sure. Thank you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Thank you. You're welcome. So from what Layla just read, we see clearly that the truth of God is our foundation, but it is also how we overcome every trial or circumstance that the devil might try to throw at us. And like my mom likes to say, like people always come and try to kick your tires and to see, oh, are you going to, especially the enemy, like they're going to try to kick your tires and see if you're going to stand or if you're going to cave to test the integrity and it's easy to she says it she phrases it this way it's easy to follow god when it's all niceties and pleasure pleasures like flowery beds of ease mm -hmm. but the but then some people fall away when you get down to the nitty-gritty when you actually have to stand and then actually have to take your place and continually choose Christ because I don't know anybody that I don't like pain I have a good pain tolerance but I don't like pain so I'm not going to sit there and stand with my hand on the burner yeah this is great guys I'm going to take my hand off but that's part of the refinement process is to stand and also part of the reason why we were put in the earth is to make a choice mm -hmm. to refine the heavenly community and it's not much of a choice if you can choose, like the world seems like there's chaos at times, but then there's also pleasures. But if with God, all there is is 
flowery beds of ease. You never have to lift a finger, do anything. I mean, what what choice is well, there? On the earth, there's not always flowery beds of ease, right? And I think that's a, a misconception that we as Christians, as believers, have unfortunately uh, accepted and adopted, right? Um, for whatever reason. That, oh, well, because I'm in Christ, I should just, I should be living this high life and, and no trials or exactly, or anything coming my way. That. And that's just, you know, uh, that's not possible. Right? And we were talking even today about what is the trial coming from? Is the trial coming as a result of standing for the gospel? And if so, by, by all means, uh, embrace the trial. Rejoice in it. All those things. Is the trial coming as a result of our own actions and disobedience? The choices that we made that weren't in alignment with Christ, with his nature, with his character? And we're, we're reaping the fruit of that? Or is the trial coming because there's just, in this world, the, where we are making a choice mm -hmm. as a result of the curse and sin, that there is just trouble that's common to man? That, that our tires get kicked or checked or, or the, the enemy comes and tries to jiggle the handle and see if he has an opening or, or check the windows or run around the back door or right, whatever the case is. So we have to understand that. But again, we as Christians, as believers, and, and to, to quote, uh, I don't remember if it's George Stormont who said it or Smith Wigglesworth, right? But we should be so filled with the Spirit, so soaked with the Spirit that when we're squeezed, when we experience trials that that's all that comes out of us is the Christ nature is the Holy Spirit flowing in and through us all right that's the example and the pattern demonstrated with Christ submission to the Father and his will over our own pain pleasure whatever the case is was to his delight his desire was to accomplish the Father's will and to move forward in those things. That even when he was rejected and resisted and ultimately even crucified, that even in his actions then, that the Holy Spirit was coming out of him. The, as we would, or as Wigglesworth or Stormont stated, the Jesus nature mm -hmm. was coming out. And that is how the Father was glorified. And again, that's a pattern and example set forth for all of us. For all who believe. Yes, we have to stand. We have to make a choice, as you stated. And the choice should always be, and I hope everyone makes that choice, to continue to follow the Lord, no matter the, the difficulty, right? Or, or the perceived difficulty. Because as, oh, we'll go back to the Apostle Paul. It says that's our spiritual or reasonable service of worship and presenting ourselves as a, as a, a sacrifice, yes. right? A living sacrifice. And, you know, we, we talked about this as well. Our, our reasonable service of worship, it's, it's the least that we can do for the Lord, just for who He is. And in addition to that, all that He has done and continues to do for us is allow his fragrant aroma to be diffused throughout the whole earth. The Holy Spirit moving and flowing through each of us.
especially in the midst of trials. So, thank you. That was a. Thank you. It's good. That was a good word. Anyone else have anything they want to share or add? I do. All right, I promise. Okay, the Lord showed me that at verse, we'll start verse 15, where it says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, mm-hmm. a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So the Lord is showing that Peter was, when he was talking about Suffering as like an evildoer is something that you're not trying to thrust yourself upon other people. Like, okay. forcing the Lord upon them. If you know what I mean. I like, do. The We'll go back to the Old Testament, right? Moses said this and Joshua said this. Right? Uh, well, yeah. Moses said it in this way. Today... I set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life that you may live, right? It was encouragement to, to go after the Lord and follow the things and the ways of the Lord. Joshua said it in this way. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You choose for yourselves if you're going to follow the Lord or go after other gods. All right, but me and my house, this is what we're doing. Which was really the, the commandment for, yes, for Israel, the nation of Israel. All of which, yes, is, is first the Jews, right? But then it's also those that are grafted in, right? That are, are able to be uh, children of Israel. Their inheritance because of what the Lord did. Grafted in, right? The wild branch that was taken and grafted into the the branch okay so everyone has to make that choice individually absolutely and with that um, yes it is the requirement absolutely but it's not to impose that on people even though right, that's and that's part of we can go back to that same thing Moses Joshua what did Jesus say or John the Baptist. Don't say that, oh, yeah, we're sons of Abraham, or because you're born into it. It's a choice you still have to make. Right? Yes. He yes. further said, from these very stones, or rocks, the Lord is able to make children of Abraham. It was said in the Old Testament as well. From these very stones. And Jesus said, hey, if they stop, in other words, if the people stop praising him as he was riding into Jerusalem to be crucified, right? He says, you know, there he was asked to tell the people to stop celebrating and shouting and, and rejoicing and, and praising him. What did he say? If they stop, the stones will cry out. 
So it's not about us as, as people and where we're born into. It's about the choices we make. Either we're going to follow the Lord or we're not. Right? Yes. And Here's and yes, that is the the ones that, that choose to be Christians, believers. Ultimately, it's the body of Christ. Those that will come in and, and be part of the heavenly community. Right? It says, judgment first starts there. Why? Because we are to live out our lives. Sorry, as a living sacrifice, as we covered. But as a pattern example for others, just like Christ was for us. This is what it's supposed to look like. So our our actions, our nature, our character should be exhibiting Christ in and through us. Not all these other negative things that are that are described, right? We shouldn't be suffering for the actions and nature that we see in the world. Right? The flesh, the sin nature as murderers, as slanderers, as all those things. Not that people won't potentially accuse, right? But if we are if we are conducting our lives in such a way that Christ's nature and character is exhibited through us, what grounds do people have to accuse us? Right? What did Jesus say even in his trial? You heard me every day in the synagogues. Why are you asking me? Go ask the people. Now, yes, even in that, right, there were those that decided to be false witnesses. But people have to choose. What are we going to testify about? The goodness of the Lord? Well, are people able to make the same claims about us as they were about our Lord? And, and by that, I mean that our character, our conduct, was pure, holy, blameless, as we're supposed to be before our Heavenly Father. Or that we were blemished. Which I think is part of the reason, as I as I reflect and look back, um, it was something uh you know um, I was listening to some old uh, great brother in Christ uh, who's gone to be with the Lord George Stormont teachings, and he did this series on Wigglesworth, and he so George Stormont a little background lived with Smith Wigglesworth uh, for the last seven years of Wigglesworth's life, approximately. And talked about how um, Wigglesworth was coming up the stairs one day, streaming tears, and talking about how the Lord had spoken to him, saying he was going to burn them all up. And, and, and not like quenching fire, obviously, but refining fire. Everything that of Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth, that did not reflect the nature and character of, of Christ. And Wigglesworth had a excuse me had a um a willingness to allow that to happen which uh, I would hope that we all do have that same willingness but it really struck me because as I said this was the last seven years of Wigglesworth's life and you know it's as I reflected on it you know there's there's books about Wigglesworth and his walk and and all these things and he's He's characterized and classified as this great apostle of faith, and uh, which is amazing. And he's almost given this, um, I would say, mythical status, if you will, in the faith. Not unlike we see in, in Hebrews 11, right? The, the great leaders and characters of faith in the Bible. 
the great faith chapter. But it's interesting how, you know, even in that chapter, right, it talks about how, like even Elijah, he was a, a man with a faith like ours. He was a man. So, you know, and, and even looking, so in looking at the Wigglesworth comment, it was that even in the, I'll say the last years of their lives, they knew they had not arrived yet, that they were still men, they were, they were people, they were human, and that there were still things in their lives that needed to be refined and that needed to, to be removed, plucked out, and replaced with truth to, to fully reflect Christ's nature and character. In other words, they were never satisfied. And, and I think that's an example for all of us. We all can learn from that and apply that for, for our lives. Never be satisfied with where we are in the Lord today, but continually growing and moving forward and reflecting on His nature and character and, uh, and being in pursuit of, of a closeness with Him. It shouldn't just be Wigglesworth. That's the only one that wanted that, right? We all should want that. And, and my hope, my prayer, my desire is that we would all want that. But that's a choice that you have to make for you. Right? Yes. So, so that's a good point there, sir. I promise. That's a good point. And there's more. We can learn and we can grow. But we have to want it. Right? Yes. And if we want it, right, it will be demonstrated. Will be demonstrated especially when we go through the trials trials for the lord but every trial right yes okay um let's hit pause there for today so can i get a volunteer to close us out in prayer i will all right Charles. lord i just thank you for everything that you've been doing i just thank you for giving us your everlasting peace, Lord, and just giving us your spirit to help us go through about our days, Lord, and just to help us to learn more about you, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for the people that we get to share this with, Lord, and the people who are continuing to grow in you, Lord, and all the new people coming to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.